you are dismissed. <laughs> I have my sister singing at invitation, but she was just so patiently and submissively waiting. Submissively. I had to use that word in there um, because you'd have to know my sister and, under, and to understand that phrase. All right, if you would please turn to your Bible this morning to Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33, as we'll be talking about hidden blessings in the storms of our life. Hidden blessings in the storms of our life. In this passage of Scripture, we find that the disciples of our Lord trapped in the grip of a fierce storm. They find themselves in that storm because they have been commanded by the Lord to cross the Sea of Galilee. In verse 22, these men are in the will of the Lord, and yet we see them struggling against this storm. Try as they might, however, it appears that they are unable to make any headway. The wind is in their faces, and these 12 men are stuck in a storm and are unable to get out. Let's go ahead and, and read together, and uh, I'm going to try to find myself in this cool Bible that I have up here that has all these different translations. And, uh, and because of my ripe, mature age that I'm at, I will, I will have a great time reading this small print. And so, uh, but, you know, I thought it was real interesting because in this correlation of, of, uh, of this book here, it has four different uh, translations of the Bible. And so... I thought, how cool would it be even today to, to read this text out of the New Living Translation. So if you're following with us, you can do just that. I love this story because it's about Jesus who walks on water. Probably one of the greatest stories of faith that anyone could ever uh, read, be challenged by, and encounter. So let's just read together. Verse 22, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake, while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! Well, they, they cried out. I just wanted to emphasize it a little bit. But Jesus spoke to them at once, Do not be afraid. He said, Take courage, for I am here. In verse 28, then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you, walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over to the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have such little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped, and the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. After they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gesenaret. When the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area, and soon people were bringing all of their sick to be healed. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. Have you ever found yourself in that place? Have you ever found yourself stuck in one of life's storms and no matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, it seems that you cannot make any headway of it? Well, we all have times like that and it may seem to you like the storm will never end and that there is no possible good that can come from what you're facing. Thankfully, However, there is some good news for us this morning from the Word of God. While the storms of life are never pleasant, they do produce for us certain benefits in our lives that we would do well to make note of this morning. 
In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, it says, All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. This morning, I would like for us to join these disciples as they travel and as they go through their own storm. And as we do, I want to show you that the storms of life contain, really, some hidden blessings for the children of God. I do not know what kind of storm that you're facing this morning, but I do know that the Lord has a purpose in our lives. Allowing that storm to rage up in our lives. Perhaps that purpose will become clear today as I speak on the hidden blessings and the storms of life. I'm going to have a word of prayer with you. And as soon as I say amen, I'm going to play this video. And I was sitting studying last evening. And this song, just lately, every time I... I, open up the word, God brings these songs to me that are old, that are from the past. And this song really kind of talks about, even though the storms of life hit us, even though the winds may become strong, He is the master of the wind. He is the master of our lives. But you see, He can never become the master of our life until we relinquish full control and surrender our lives to him. You say, Pastor, how can you move forward in a message like this and say there's truly blessings in any storm that we go through? Well, Jesus proved to Peter that if you just have faith, if you just focus on me, keep your eyes set on me, you can walk on water. How we've lost our faith. How we've lost our way. Because the storms of life have sunk our ship just like it did the Titanic. Well, today, as we embark upon this great season and Easter and Palm Sunday is among us, it's time that you start to change your focus. And even through your testing, through your transformation, the Bible says, you too shall come forth as gold. You will have a testimony to share. You will have a story to share. But you must believe. Listen closely, but let me pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this word this morning. Father, I pray that you'll just bless those that hear it. Lord, you said in your word in Isaiah 55 that it won't come back void, but Father, that it'll prosper. So, Lord, in this setting today, you said we're two or more gathered in my name. And for many that are listening, Father, may they be encouraged to know that through this storm, there is hope in the trials of our life, through the tribulations of our life, through the difficulties of our life. Father, if we just surrender our life to you and we lay it all on the altar of sacrifice, Father, we realize and we know that our difficulties become victories. Father, we trust you today. Speak through me today as we present your word and bring this miracle to life. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Listen closely.
Isn't that truly a song of faith and of trust? And I don't know what your tribulations are. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the disappointments that you've been going through. I don't know the hardships that you've encountered this week. I don't know the financial uh, downfalls that have taken place in your life. But I do know this. He can calm the storms and make the sun to rise again. For I know the master of the wind. Isn't it comforting to know that we can rely on Jesus Christ? And in this story, when the storms of life start to rage up, and when things become uncomfortable, and when we feel like our life is being tossed to and fro, that we can then rely on the master of the wind, of the rain, the maker of our life, the creator of this universe. We can put all faith and trust in God Almighty. I love what it says here. Point number one, storms are God's means of transportation. Storms are God's means of transportation. We see in the story that even though they were all tossed to and fro and things were happening, we realize that God uses sometimes our storms as our means of transportation. In verse 25, it reads, about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. The very thing the disciples feared. This sea was the very thing the Lord used as the vehicle to reveal himself unto them. He will do the same in your life and in mine. Notice how Jesus came to them at night. He comes in the face of darkness. The Bible says that in the fourth watch was actually a time between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And during the darkest hours of the night, Jesus came walking on the water. You know, as we've been going through this series, From Darkness to Light, we've seen all different types of dynamic of, you know, just the hardships and the suffering and and yet the victory and how if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And if we shine like He shines, then we show people we have Christ in our life. But yet in the midst of this darkness and in the midst of this storm, guess who shows up right at the perfect time? Jesus. Isn't that amazing? You know, I know for some of you, you've lost faith. And you feel like, I can't do it anymore. But in the midst of the storm, in the midst of your suffering, you're thinking, I'm never going to get out of this. But God shows up. Right in the midst of that pain, He shows up. See, God's perfect. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. And I don't know what I think about this Bible. You've got to stay right there. I love the Bible. Let me re-word re- what I just said. I love the Word of God, but this thing wants to fall. If it starts to fall, let me know, and I'll tuck and roll and do a ninja move for you. All right? Maybe some of you are, are walking in darkness this morning and wondering where your Jesus is. You may be facing some of the darkest days in your life right now. Let me remind you that our God is ever with you. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I will always walk with you. And I will talk with you. And whatever you're going through, you're not alone. Let me remind you that even in the darkest hours of life, God is still God and He is still in control of your life. 1 Kings 8, 12 says, And spoke Solomon, the Lord said that He would dwell in the thick darkness. Psalms 139, 11 through 12 says, If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me, and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. And the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. Even the darkness hours of life cannot hide you from the face of God. He is there even when you cannot see Him. He comes in the face of disaster. You know, in this story, it talks about, you know, even in the midst, they were toiling and, and they were rowing. And, that you know, I'm sure that the water... Have you guys ever been in a situation where you've been in, uh, like, in a riptide or a current where all of a sudden you get in the water and it's a little bit of an uncomfortable feeling? 
I've been in. Or you go out in the water and you think, I'm only going to go to here, but all of a sudden you walk out in the ocean and it takes you from here all the way up to here because all of a sudden you got into one of those little sand areas where it just, you know, makes you scream and, and, and you know, freak out and have anxiety and everything else. And, you know, I mean, it's just terrible. I've been there. Can you tell? Makes me breathe heavy. I get the impression that these men were afraid for their lives. It was an uncomfortable situation. That is, that they were struggling against the storm. When they thought all hope was gone and that they were doomed, Jesus came walking on the waves. And there are times when we all feel like we have lost the battle with our storm. But may I remind you, church, that just as surely as the Lord is in control of your blessings... He is also in charge and control of your storms. When things look the bleakest, just look around. Jesus is about to show up. Remember, he may not keep you from going into the storm, but he will keep you in the midst of the storm. Think of the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In just the right time, God shows up. Daniel's in the lion's den. I'm going to tell you right now, I deal with a lot of lions throughout the course of my week. But at the right time, God showed up to Daniel. And in the midst of a great storm, there was Noah who listened to a prophetic message and said, Okay, God, I will do what you've commanded me to do. I will build a ship. I will build a boat that will house all kinds of animals. And just at the right time, they get in that ark. They get in that boat, and God shows up. Isn't that comforting to know? God did not prevent any of these from going into the storm, but he saved them all in the midst of their storm. What he did for them, he will do for you. You know, this past week, I have to say that, um, I don't know what it was, but do you guys ever sometimes just go through depression, or something just hits you, and you're just depressed? And I remember as I was at one of my accounts and I was mopping the floor, I just was depressed. And I'm thinking, I just cannot get out of this depression. But, you know, I realized that I just needed to put in my little AirPod. That's an advertisement for a wonderful company called Apple. And put that little, uh, thanks to Matt, a good friend of mine, who said, you need to buy one of those things. See, he has all this techie stuff. So I had to like, oh, that's so cool. I, I need that. So anyhow, I got to put it in. But then here's what else happened. All of a sudden, I start hearing, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. He touched me, the old rugged cross, because I put on Gaither music. And so I started getting ministered to. And I realized that in the, in the face of my depression, in the face of my disaster, in the face of whatever I was going through, that I just wanted to sit down and, and cry. Why? I don't know. But I realized that he showed up. At the right time. For I know the master of the wind. I know the maker of the rain. He will calm the storms. And make the sun to shine again. For I know the master of the wind. So we realize he comes in the face of darkness. He comes in the face of disaster. And he also comes on the face of the deep. Even though the disciples feared the raging sea. Was the very thing God used as his vehicle to come to them. What a testimony this was for them. He was not telling them that the storm was not fierce. He was telling them that he was greater than the storm. And that is still his word to all of us this morning. That no matter what you're going through, regardless of what you're facing in life, remember that Jesus is greater than the storm you may be facing. And if you'll just be patient, and you'll just wait for him, he will show up just at the right time. You will see that storm was used by the Lord to make himself clear to you. The very thing you fear will be the vehicle he uses to show up in your life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, God used Paul's storm, a thorn in the flesh, to show up and into Paul's life. 
We won't turn there to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 through 10, but we have to realize that Paul felt this adversity. Things were going on in his life, and, and he just felt like the pressures of this world. And God said, don't you worry. I'll bring you peace. Don't you worry what you're going through. I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. You know, we, we have a tendency to lack in our trust and in our faith in God. But i got to tell you that even though, as Paul said, he has a thorn in the flesh, I always say it's better than the whole pricker bush. And sometimes God allows just those little thorns. Sometimes he allows those little irritations. Sometimes he continues to allow the same situations over and over and over and over again in our lives. Why? I truly believe that it's so that each and every one of us get on our knees and cry out to God and say, here I am. See, we lack in really leaning on him. You know, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. He will guide your path. He will lead you in ways you never thought you'd ever be able to go. Your journey is going to be awesome. But here's the problem. When we lean on ourselves, it makes it difficult to lean on God. See, I have a problem when I start to rely on myself. But what he's really saying in here is, listen, as long as you stay focused, I will help you. I will deliver you. I will heal you. I will help you. And I will guide you through the difficult moments of your life. For I am Jesus. Do not fear the storms of life. They've been designed by the Lord as a means of bringing him closer to you. He planned them and they are for your good. But it's really hard for me to go, Lord, thank you for the pain. Thank you that I bounced seven checks today. Lord, thank you I lost my job. Thank you that my spouse is leaving me. Thank you that this person just took my child's life. From addictions. That sounds kind of awkward, doesn't it? That sounds strange, weird, and uncomfortable. But he says, and we know all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Romans eight twenty eight, And so even though we use that verse, it's not good. It's difficult. And our life in Christ means that we have faith in him, that we put our trust and our confidence in him. And so there was Peter in the midst of the storm. He started to freak out, too. So he started to sink. And in that story, we know that story. I mean, you've heard the story several times. But Jesus said to him, oh, just stay focused. Just watch me and I'll help you through it. It's so difficult when we have a pain in our knee, in our head, in our finger. How many of you guys hate paper cuts? I hate paper cuts. Why does a paper cut seem like it is uh, somebody took a, a knife and cut my arm off? Because it's that nerve, I think, and then it just throbs constantly. I would just like for that to happen, and I'll walk around all day. Thank you, Lord, for this pain that I'm experiencing right now. I know it sounds awkward and strange, but in reality, you know what? If we're going to put all of our faith, all of our trust in him, if we lean on him and not our own understandings, he'll, he'll guide our paths. And he'll be with us in the face of the deep. So point number one, storms are God's means of transportation. Two, storms are God's means of testing. So then we saw in the scriptures, he said, listen, I am here. It is I. It is Jesus. 
So they revealed the Savior. When Jesus did come walking on the water, the disciples did not recognize him. They thought he was a ghost. They cried out in fear, but thank God Jesus came with a message of peace and with power. He came to them with a word of peace, and he said, listen, be of good cheer. He came to them with a word of power, and he said, listen, it is I. And he came to them with a word of potential. Do not be afraid. In the midst of your storm, have you been afraid? In the midst of your trial that you're going through, have you been afraid? Have you cried out to God and actually asked Him, Lord, help me through my difficult moment? You see, the storms of life have the potential to reveal the Savior to us in a way that we may have never considered before. And when He comes to us walking on our storm, He gives us the same message of hope that He gave to the disciples that stormy morning. He gave them a message of peace. They were still in the storm when He told them to cheer up. By His power, the Son of God can give us peace in the midst of storms. That is the peace that he refers to in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. He gives us a message of power. When Jesus showed up, he, became, he came declaring his identity. He said, it is I. It was a personal pronoun. It is the same statement Jesus uses when he says, I am the door. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. You get the picture? Jesus is telling his disciples, cheer up. Be of good cheer. For God is here. If we can ever grasp the truth that, the, that Jesus is the great I am, that he has all the power in heaven and in earth, then we can enjoy the peace in the midst of our trials. So Jesus came and he had a message of power. Now he has a message of potential. Potential. Jesus also issues a command to his disciples. He says, do not be afraid. And this statement literally means and reads, you stop fearing and don't you ever fear again. You see, if we ever get a hold of the fact that Jesus is in control of areas in our lives, that he is God and that he possesses all power, then we can come to the place where we can trust him fully through all of the storms of life. Because in the storms of life, our Savior becomes real to each and every one of us. And here's what I love about this story. Through through the midst of our storms, do you ever feel like, wow, I came out of this storm so much better. I came out of this trial and tribulation better than I ever was before. No, I'm not talking prosperity. I'm not talking, wow, I have more money now than I did before. No, what I'm saying is, I think your faith is increased through some of the storms of your life. I really do. I know I'm speaking of myself, and I can only encourage you that sometimes when things just don't go the way we see, feel, planned out, maybe it's just at that time God wants us to get on our knees and rely on Him. To put our trust in Him. You see, when Peter heard that it was the Lord, Peter wanted to join Jesus in walking on the water. Jesus simply told Peter to come. Peter obeyed. And Peter also walked on the water. Jesus used the storm as a means of helping Peter grow in faith. Now let's make this relevant for the church this morning, for each and every one of us. Because when the storms of life are howling all about us, if we can get a hold of the truth, that Jesus is the master of the storm, then we too can rise above our circumstances and walk on the waves with the Lord. And I, I realized that Peter's walk didn't last long. In just a moment, he took his eyes off the Lord and began to sink. However, Peter had a story that none other of the disciples had or could even tell. Peter was the only one who could say, I walked on 
my storm. The storms of life will focus our faith if we allow them to. And God can use the difficult days to teach us more about himself and to help us grow in him. He will use the storms to make you more like him. And remember, there were 12 men in that boat, but only one could say he walked on the storm like Jesus. Amazing, isn't it? Twelve guys, but only one of them said, I'm going to step out by faith. You see, let me back up just a few minutes and bring some clarity to this. Why were they in the boat going across the sea? Jesus had just fed the 5,000 and a miracle had taken place. Now he became a star. Now all of a sudden, people wanted his autograph. They wanted to hang with him. They wanted to be with him. And so here's what he told the disciples. I need you to go across the sea as I go up and pray and get beside myself with my father. So they all left. If you know who Jesus is and he starts to perform a miracle in your life and he starts to do something in your life, will you scream like a little girl and go, Ah! It's a ghost! Or will you say, Look, it's Jesus. He's saved me. He's helped me. Man, I am so encouraged. He showed up in my storm today. I hear people tell me all the time, oh, pastor, it's different for you. See, it was just luck. For I know the master of the wind. I know the maker of the rain. He can calm the storms and make the sun to shine again. For I know the master of the wind. Do you know him? Do you sense his presence? Is he with you? He also reminds the saints. Peter wanted to walk on the water like Jesus. He put the Lord to the test and stepped onto the waves. However, he soon took his eyes off the Lord. And when he did, he found himself in trouble. And he remembered at that moment who was in control. Jesus. And what did he do? The Bible says here that he cried out to him. That he called on him. And he found the help that he needed. You see, when we don't cry out to God, we, when we don't make him a part of our prayer life, we'll never find the help that we need. Oh, God have mercy on us. For not having the faith that says, I serve the one who's in control of my life. Like Peter, there are times when we get our eyes off the Lord during our storms. And when we do, we are doomed to fail. We need to remember who is in charge of this whole thing. You see, if we successfully navigate the stormy waters of life, we deserve no credit for our abilities or our successes. If we are successful, it's because there is one who is greater than we are holding our hand. Our success in the storms of life hinges upon our being willing to acknowledge Jesus, the master of the storm. My last point. Storms are God's means of testimony. They testify of his power. Jesus calmed the storm. He didn't say a thing. He just got into the boat with the disciples and the sea was Come. I love that. Because I'll tell you, after all that weeping and wailing and crying and having a pity party and rolling around on the floor and throwing a temper tantrum, he shows up. Isn't it so, so much like all of us parents? We've watched our kids throw a temper tantrum and we watch them and we watch them. And we watch, and by the way, why is it that they do it at the grocery store or at a restaurant? Do they have to do it in front of everybody? Man, I'll tell you, I remember when my girls did that. It only happened one time. Because guess who showed up? I showed up. Mom showed up, too. Hey, you guys are not helping out on my illustration here. For I know the woman in my house. 
She carries a big stick and keeps these girls in line. No, just kidding. All right, let's stay back on this. But we realize that in, in the midst of all of our trials, we do forget to put our faith and trust in him. We forget that he will always show up in the midst of our temper tantrums. And it's at that time we as parents always lift our kids up and we tell them, you know what? I love you. I care for you. I watched you. I saw what you did. But there was enough grace as a mom, as a dad, as a grandparent, as an aunt, uncle, whatever your involvement is with that child, to bring them back to to love and to Christ. Jesus is the master of the sea, and he is the master of the storm as well. So we notice here, they testified of his power, they testified of his person. When Jesus stilled the storm, the disciples knew that they were in the presence of God. They confessed him and they bowed before him in worship. His power in the storms and over the storms of life testify of his person. He was the Son of God. They tell us that he is God and that he is in control of all of our affairs in life. When the storms come, they are designed to bring us to the place the disciples found themselves in at the end. On our knees and in worship before him. I'm just going to make this a little bit personal today. If you're truly a Christian, and this is a challenge for each and every one of us, have you gone to him about everything in your life, or have you tried to take matters in your own hands? I'm a great athlete. No, I'm the one that got first place. I'm a great banker. I'm the one that closed the deal on that home, that loan. No, I'm a great cook. That meal had nothing to do with anybody else. I made that scrumptious, scrumpulous, delicious, medium-rare steak just like the way I wanted it. No, I know this, that it's after the storm that I've seen God. And that I can testify of his person. You know, many of us don't have a lot of stories. But as a pastor, I have a lot of stories. Because I think he saw me, the snotty-nosed, skinny, pencil-head kid, throwing temper tantrums, feeling insecure, inadequate, Throwing temper tantrums, getting mad, getting angry, going, why me, God, why me, God, why me, God, why me, God? And he goes, well, there's only one thing he's got good in his life. He relies on me. That's it. Watch it. I heard my twin sister over there in the nosebleed section. And uh, so just because I'm looking this way, remember, my ADD kicks in. I know what's going on in this whole room. The other thing that's different about being here versus over there, and for those that are listening, we turned our our sanctuary around, but I used to be able to stand over there and preach and look out the window so I saw what was going on outside, and, uh, you know, oftentimes I just had to stay focused because of, you know, I would get distracted, you know, so just because of things going on, but now I get to look at the beautiful woods because of all the, the great things you guys did in here. Let's make this personal. Here's a secret to make the storm much more bearable for each and every one of us. Don't wait until the storm is over to bow before him. Bow now. Don't wait until the storm is over. Bow your knee before him now. Humble yourself before him now. He says, if you'll humble yourself before me, I'll lift you up. I'll esteem you. And I will give you the strength that you need. While the waves are still threatening your boat, bow now. While the winds are still contrary to you, bow now. Don't wait until blue skies are seen to humble yourself before the Lord. Nothing reveals your faith in the Lord more than you being willing to accept his love and his will. Even when things look the worst for you, bow before him and honor our Lord and Savior.
as I close, I'll say this. Sometimes it is hard to see the blessings for the storm, isn't it? Sometimes it's hard to see our blessings because of what we're going through. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus more than anything. This whole world or this life offers any of us. I'm a man just like you. I work just like you. I serve the Lord just like you. I suffer through trials and tribulations just like you. I work among people just like you. And no matter what happens, I know one thing for certain. I know the master of the wind. And I know the maker of the rain. And he will always calm the storm and make the sun to shine again. For I know the master of the wind. Sometimes it is hard to imagine the Lord bringing any good out of what you're going through. And this morning, I don't even know the nature of the storm you are facing this morning. But I know the one who still walks on the waves. I know that is that he will bring that need to him. That he knows what you're going through and he will bring all of that right to him. In his presence, he will hear you. He will help you today. And who knows, he might just show up today walking in your storm. Peter was losing some ground. And all Jesus said was, look this way. Look this way. If you're losing ground this morning, look his way. If you need help from the way walker, look his way. And this altar is open to you today. Bring your need to Jesus and let him have his way in your life. For again, he's the master of our storm. For many of you, you go, well, that doesn't apply to me today because I'm not going through any situation. Oh, but you will. Whatever it might be, I just want to encourage you this morning that it isn't a setback. It's a setup for some greater things in your life. Get up and walk. Get up and focus. And I love that Peter had enough faith to make his focus Jesus. Will you have enough faith this morning to make your focus Jesus? was the last time in something simple that you said, God, today, help me, heal me, for there's hope in me. And this morning as we close, I just want you to know that I have faith in God. Look at the person next to you and say, have faith. Have faith. When we have faith, you can work through it. But let me tell you this. Peter didn't get to where he was going on his own will. He had faith. He stood up, realized that out of all of those men, oh, that's Jesus, the Son of God. Now get this. I love how the story ends here, and this is how we'll, we'll finish up the story today. Whatever you're going through, this altar is always open for prayer. You bring your need to Him. And I'll tell you, if you have faith in Him, He'll start to do some miraculous things in your life. Here's what happened. At the end of the story, they got out of the boat. Word spread all over. That is the Messiah. That's Jesus. And He's doing work. So they grabbed their friends. They told their family members. And they all rushed to Him so that He could start to heal them. Because they realized who he was in the midst of their storm. In the midst of their tribulations. And in the midst of their trials. 
Will you trust him today? As my sister comes and prepares to sing, I'll just let's all rise to our feet today. The altar is open for you. And I love that in this song it says, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hands than to be a king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Let us pray. Father, we love you. We're just so thankful that we can come to you in the midst of our depression. In the midst of our thoughts. In the midst of our physical pain. In the midst of our financial hardship. In the midst of my family, my loved ones, my peers rejecting me. In the midst of separation. In the midst of financial ruin. Father, we trust you today. For I'd rather have you than have anything this world affords today. Lord, there are some here that need you. May they come to you today. Father, may they bow their knee and not wait until the storms of life tear their life apart. Lord, may they trust you today. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Let's sing together. This altar is open for you if you will just come. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold I'd rather be His than have riches untold I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand, then to be the king of a vast domain, or be world affords today. I'd rather have Jesus than man's applause. I'd rather be faithful to His dear cause. Have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name than to be the king of a vast domain.
this world affords today. Would you rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today? Amen. You may be seated.